Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, two days down with the Masters. We are uh, we're out here. What's up, Mitch? What's we're up? out here. How's it going, guys? Oh, dude, it's. Uh, Pretty wild couple days to start. Nothing. Yeah, lots, lots and lots of birdies. What was this? The lowest scoring first two rounds ever in a Masters. Yeah, it was the lowest scoring first two rounds ever in the Masters. A couple of other stats. Uh, Fifty three players were under par after the first round. The the previous was thirty eight. So fifteen more players under par. I know we probably kind of predicted this, but yeah, I mean, the course is just so freaking soft. It's nuts. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get into how how insane it's been with uh, the freaking guys hitting five wood. We'll we'll talk more about our cousin <laughs> cousin Cam here in a little bit. Our long lost cousin. Um, but what uh, what what are your thoughts overall? Going, you know, the first couple of days, did you? Is it kind of what you expected? Is it not? Is it? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I I called it when we were on our pod Wednesday, and I thought that there was going to be some dark horses kind of come out of nowhere. And that hasn't been the case at all. You got all your your typical guys at the top, besides DeChambeau, who you love to see. Um, but you've got Rom, you've got DJ, uh, you've just got all the powerhouse guys right there at the top. Um, a few surprises. Jazzy J, our guy, he's at what is six under, I think. Um, I think he's only three. Oh, did he draw back to three? He got it to six under at some point today. So that was pretty wild. Um but other than that, there's not too many guys that you really think are are where they shouldn't be. I will go ahead and say right off the bat that my picks all sucked ass. I did <laughs> I did a horrible job. Tyrrell Hatton had it to one under um, 
when was it about how, when when they finished yesterday and he had uh fire i think he had six holes left this morning and he proceeds to uh dump one in the water on 15 and or i'm sorry not 15 where did he hit it in the water oh on the par three on 16 he hit one in the water made double ends up shooting one over and he's one of those super emotional guys like when he's playing really well, he's riding that emotional high and he makes a shitload of birdies. And when he's kind of cashes it in, he's out of it. Like he's kind of a child like that. He doesn't, he doesn't really stick in and fight it. So I think he ended up shooting two or three over in his second round and he's going to miss the cut. And then Finau has kind of been up and down. I think he's barely going to make the cut on the number. And then, uh, burnt Wiesberger is, I think also one under, um, so I think they're both going to make the cut, but overall not in contention. I gave some shit picks. I, uh, I'm disappointed. I almost took Tommy Fleetwood and he is right there. So I, I'm going to claim, I'm going to claim Tommy Fleetwood and also Louis Eustazen just cause I like them both. So I'm going to claim yeah. those two for the weekend. Well, Tommy Fleetwood is just one of those guys that seems to always be there during majors. It, yeah. Nobody ever picks him to win yet. He, he, well, he hasn't won yet. <laughs> Well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Nobody ever picks him to win, and he hasn't won one, but he's always finds himself. I mean, he shot 66 today. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, which we talked about, and granted we still have a few players to get through their second 18 holes um, in the morning, which kind of sucks. Like the guys will get to start, and they'll play on Saturday at Augusta, but they're yeah. not going to make the cut. Yeah. Um, it looks can't, like can't get that early flight first thing out Saturday morning. Exactly. They get to hang around, play a few more holes, but at the same time, you know, you get a little more experience for the guys that haven't been here before. looks like right now the cut line is right at even. Um, so something interesting about that, the lowest cut ever in a masters is one over. Um, so looking at basically even par right now is going to make the cut now. Well, this was, this was also, I was going to say it's the first year, they're not taking everybody within 10 shots of the lead. So, exactly. so that's that got to have something to do with it. All the guys that won, all the guys that won over would basically be another, it'd be 60 players, 61 players essentially. But um, they're just taking top 50. So, yeah. And Mike Weir would be currently making the cut if it wasn't for the top 50. <laughs> I still cannot believe. I, I honestly thought he'd shoot like 85, 83. I, <laughs> D- did not anticipate him even keeping it around par. So, well, let's talk about my picks. Okay. My, my picks are fire. Um, Your picks are fired. Props to you. Paul Casey came out in the first round, fired 65, ended up with a tie for the first round lead with uh, Dustin Johnson and Dylan Fratelli. Goofy athlete. Yeah, dude. Fratelli kind of came out of nowhere a little bit. Yeah, he, he's one goofy looking dude, but. Um, Fratelli, so he ended up tying for the first round lead. I did not bet the first round lead, but it, it's actually kind of funny because in golf, we watched enough golf tournaments. In football, if you're up after the first quarter by a, a substantial amount, you feel pretty good about it, right? You feel like you had a good lead. But in golf, it's very rare, not very rare, but it's highly unlikely that a guy that has a first round lead by himself hangs on to win and goes coast to coast or what's the uh, wire to wire. I should yeah, say. Yeah. It's especially, at, especially at majors. It's almost unheard of. Yeah. It's, so uh, some, some of the other different storylines from today we can get into. So let's go with the leaders. Um, Abraham answer, man, he came out of nowhere. This is his first masters. Uh, nobody's won their first masters since 1979 fuzzy Zeller. So good. 
41 years. Yeah, dude. I, I actually really like Abram Answer. Um, fun fact about him, uh, three or four of the logos on his shirt and his hat are companies he actually owns part or full stake in. Um, his main investor, if you look at his logo on his chest, um, it's a steel company. It's his, or a, I'm sorry, it's an oil company. Um, so he met this guy at a pro-am down in Houston. Um, and for people who don't know, in order to play in a Wednesday pro-am as, a, as an amateur, you basically have to put up 10, 15 grand um, to play in that Wednesday pro-am with the tour pro. And um, Abraham answer is uh, he has dual citizenship as a, uh, in Mexico and in America. So he's, he's actually born in Mexico and this dude who owns this oil, oil parts company, um, they basically build parts and tools for oil rigs. Um, he got paired up with him and that dude is also from, uh, from originally born in Mexico. So they hit it off right off the bat. And so that's, uh, he became a sponsor like the next week, that's the logo on his shirt. And then they started a tequila company together, which I think is on his hat or on his sleeve, but they own a tequila, um, their own brand of tequila together and a few other companies. So a lot of the, the logos that he rocks are either that dude who he's a business partner with or his own companies. So that's, he's playing the long game there. He's making serious long-term money, you know, like who, I mean, even being from Mexico, of course, it means something, but who doesn't want to own a tequila brand by themselves anyways? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, exactly. That's the dream. I want a whiskey named after me or that I create. So well, uh, didn't Ricky Fowler buy Casamigos or part of it? No, they were, they Casamigos, uh, they sponsored a lot of the spring breaks um, that like Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, all those went on. That but, uh, but actually, George Clooney owned um, Casamigos and he sold his stake in that last year, two years ago for 600 million. So he, mm. uh, not a bad chunk. No, um, not a bad way to, he built it up, used his uh, platforms and grew it into something huge. And I'm sure Abraham answer is trying to do the same thing, but another quick plug about Abraham is he plays Mira. Um, he's sponsored by Mira and there was a time a while back that I was kind of sponsored by Mira. Um, previous with previous owners uh, when I was playing professionally they sponsored me and sent me free stuff but they're a Japanese hand hand forged club um, really high quality stuff and answer is one of the only guys out on tour that plays mirror right now so I kind of feel like a little close with him over that you know it's just just pureness after pureness and you guys um, got a little bond going exactly and if you ever get bored go google him because his short game is stupid. Like his pitch shots, the way he controls spin and how much spin he can create, it's unbelievable. He's a short game wizard. So definitely uh, happy for him. And his lettuce is unreal. You see that flow he's got going? Oh, yeah, dude. There's so much flow out this year in the Masters. And that's, yeah. where, golf is, that's where golf is moving to. Like 10 years ago, you don't see any flow from anyone. Now it's like half the players in the field. It's just full-on lettuce coming yeah. out business in the front party in the back baby and that's that's how our cousin uh our cousin cam is rocking it too he's got a bunch of flow going on in the back he is kind of goofy looking that's the only reason i don't think he could be related to us um because <laughs> i got the dirty stash I've, i'm kind of rocking that right now see his stash isn't even deep enough for me to like see it but it, it's kind of blonde 
Um, I know when, when I was tweeting today about his about his dirty stash, what's dirtier, his stash or his approach shots into par five? I had to find a good look with like a good shadow because otherwise it wasn't like it's kind of a blonde like, but that's what makes it dirty. Like when you, yeah, you can actually see it when it looks like shit and you still keep it. Yeah, you know it's filthy. <laughs> you, but you know, yeah, but you know it sucks it. and you just roll with it. Well, and also another thing about Cameron Smith is uh. Spencer had no idea there's actually a, a golf clothing company called Penguin. And so if anybody looked at Cameron Smith's uh, shirt today, it's just a penguin um, as the logo. And it is actually called Penguin. And they got some pretty cool shit. Dude, it's um, fire. It's, yeah, it's the way of like w- the way golf is moving. All these like little imprinted logos and cool little stuff. It's not the bland bullshit anymore. It's It's changing. And a lot of the players that are wearing it are – balling out like cam smith but he had a real up and down day he started out he had to finish his first nine and this is something that i wanted to ask you about being you know playing professional golf and you probably never had a a circumstance like this where you finished around and then went back into it but just playing as much golf as you do and as i do i feel like all the guys that had to go back in and play like seven six seven holes this morning at 5 30 our time 7 30 their time those were the guys dustin justin that just tore it up going back onto the course just straight up you know like dustin johnson finished his first nine was the leader and then went on to make four straight three or birdie three of four holes on amen corner right away at 10 11 and 13 yeah and and at that point i thought he was going to run away with the tournament when he was 10 under the next closest guy was seven i was like oh here we go because there's no hot like dustin johnson hot on tour i'm sorry yeah yeah oh no i agree well so you're talking about like those five, six holes they had. Basically, I'm sure they think about it as like warm-up holes. And especially if you get to get out on the course, test the conditions a little bit, see how fast the greens are. Um, a lot of guys on mini tours, if they're staying um, in a town, obviously, and they'll play a tournament at one course, they'll go play nine holes at another course an hour before or two before they tee off. They'll actually play nine holes at a different course and get warmed up because it's that play feel. I mean, you can sit on the range for two hours and, and beat balls, but until you actually get on the course and see how you're hitting it. And that's why, I mean, me personally, I've talked about it, but I'm not a really hot starter. So that extra four or five holes to kind of warm up. And I'm sure a lot of the guys were thinking, you know, if I can get through this finishing stretch, my last five or six in uh, even par or one under, then I can make the turn ready, warmed up, and pretty much just try to go out there and and tear it up, especially given how soft the conditions were. So, well, yeah, and that's exactly what Dustin Johnson did. Um, and then you know he came out and and then uh, kind of faltered there at fourteen. That was one of the most. I saw another dude hit that same putt, but that fourteenth pin was back right. Yeah, and Dustin Johnson was kind of back left, and it's always tough to tell the exact undulations on TV. But, dude, I, I tweeted this, and his straight ass was pointed at the hole. Oh, yeah, was, that was ridiculous. There, how, and that's what started his kind of downfall because he was rolling. He yeah. was I mean, he was on fire. He hit a kind of a, a – you know, he pulled his approach shot on 14. He three-whacked that, and then he goes to 15. And I don't know what, he, what happened there, dude. He just flat, flat out maybe chunked it or he missed it by a couple yards on 15, rolled into the water, and that kind of kept him at bay from there because I thought when he was at 10 – I thought, and he still had 15 holes to go. Yeah, I thought he was going to finish at 14, 15, maybe even 16 under. 
and kind of not run away, I mean, run away essentially, and, and everybody else would get to eight, nine, 10, and he'd be having a six shot lead. But instead, he's tied with, like we talked about, Abe Answer, our cousin Cam. Let's talk about some of his shots today, dude. He was, he had a real up and down day as well. He started out, finished his back nine, came into the front, made a, another bogey on 10. So he's bogeyed 10 twice in a row. But then at, at, at the finish, dude, freaking five under in four holes. Yeah, yeah. He and, and I know we were going to kind of get into it in a little bit, but just the softness of the course. I mean, don't get me wrong. It takes it takes quite a bit to to hit a five wood from 247 and land it a foot from the hole. But the tough thing is, is that's never in years past. That's not even a pin you aim at. You can't get close to that. And yeah. now now it's not guarded. Um, so it's it's pretty free game. I mean, if it's that soft, it's not playing in the hands of some of the shorter hitters but even guys like cam smith's not super long he's probably around average or a little above average but when when you can land it like i said it still takes a very very good shot but if you can land a five wood on a number and it stays on that number that's huge so it's basically and and realistically you'd almost want a little i wouldn't say a longer club but it's tougher to control the spin you saw guys ripping wedges off the front of greens and stuff. So I think it may be a little easier for them hitting like some mid irons or long irons into par fives because they're not going to release. And a lot of these guys know that they're going to hit their number or get within a yard or two. And if they've got that number, then they're, they're just dialed in on it. So. Oh yeah. And, and for those people that have um, those people that haven't played or watched a ton of golf before, especially watch the masters, um, Michael, your, your weekend is not over, bro. Brooks Kepka looked really good points today. He had a, he, he makes putts and he's in a totally different spot. I think he's, where's he sitting at right now? He is at five under anybody. Well, dude, I watched him earlier this morning. He was two over and yeah. then he made an Eagle and he just, he's one of those guys that can get on such a run if he's within, I mean, so he's five under, he's only four back. He's definitely got a chance. He's I would actually say he's kind of in the driver's seat. Um, I know he's pretty experienced with having leads, but I think uh, a lot of the guys ahead of him, you know, they're they're going to play a little bit more defensive, and we always know how how Brooks plays so aggressively. So I think oh, yeah. that'll play right into his hands. Yeah, absolutely. And like these guys, um, it, it for people that haven't watched the Masters before, because that's what's cool. Like I think a lot of people are home. You know, I'm quarantining currently right now i get to watch this and this is like the best week i've ever to spend at home but people that haven't watched the masters that are now kind of diving into it either new golf fans like we have millions not us personally but you know golf has just a brand new bunch of people that have never played they're they're gonna watch augusta next year or maybe even this weekend and it's gonna play like a totally different course yeah Um, it's never been this soft it's never been you don't see pitch marks on the greens you don't see ball mark. You don't see balls staying in their own ball marks. You don't see five woods landing at the hole and staying there. Um, the the thing is though, the greens are still tough. Uh, the greens they're still they, fast. Yeah, they're they definitely can, fast. Have soft greens and fast greens, and uh, I think no one knows this better than Kevin Na. So I don't know about how close. Oh you God, Kevin I, Na. I, I saw he had thirty nine putts in round one. He hit every green in regulation. Yep, he hit every green and had thirty nine putts, and he yep. was like one under last time I checked, or right around even par. So he might make the cut. I mean, that sounds like one of your high school rounds. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> Except not, for you'd probably hit about 12 greens and have about 43 putts. How much do you see that? What do you think about Justin Rose? Justin Rose came out guns blazing today. Yeah, Rose is actually one of my picks um, in a pool that I'm in with one of our buddies. Uh, I like Rosie's game a lot. You know, he's one of those guys kind of had had his hot streaks, had his moments where he he just hits the ball so well. He's super consistent and as long as he's making putts. I definitely think he's got a chance. He hasn't he hasn't really closed in a while, if I can remember correctly. He's he's faltered on some weekends. So I, I'd like to see him do it. I mean, he's a he's a great guy and he's a great ambassador for the game. Um, fun fact about Justin Rose real quick. The first year he made it out on the European tour, he, I think he missed 13 straight cuts. He didn't make a single dollar like his whole first season and almost like quit golf. So fun, that's crazy. Fun fact about Rosie. But yeah, yeah so, no, I, I think Rosie's got a good shot. I, so, I like him a lot. So uh, one of my other picks, uh, Rory McIlroy shot a crisp 75 in his first round. And I even 75, 65, uh, 75, 66, 66. So, he was he was one of the guys that start, teed off late yesterday. He got a, not a great start, and then as the sun was going down after the horns went off, he like hurried his shot on ten and hit it in the bunker and created a bogey. Like he was one twenty out in on ten with an easy accessible front pin and ended up creating a bogey for himself. And then this morning round, I didn't get up that early. I was up about seven, and started watching, but he he was horrible the whole rest of his back nine of his first round and then he just like flipped a switch dude and i think uh, you know you can talk about this too and i feel the same way is when you're playing with players that are just like whether you're on tour whether you're dicking around with your friends on a friday afternoon if somebody starts lighting it up it kind of feels that fire and he saw dustin johnson just laser flag birdie laser birdie laser and so he started doing the same thing and and rory shot 66 today which uh, of course me cheering for him i've got a couple of wagers out there on him. I want Rory to win. I want him to get his grand slam. Just a good dude. Uh, he he could have easily, I, I, this isn't exact. this is an exaggeration, but it, it also isn't. He could have shot 60. I, I he, think he, he burned so many putts. edges. Mm-hmm. He had five or six putts just barely. And, and he didn't make too many mistakes at all today. He was, but the thing I noticed from him, which always he's he was always a favorite coming into Augusta not a favorite favorite but one of the top five and still is but he wasn't draw he's not drawing the ball anymore dude his all his tee shots were right his tee shots were this little cut so well, like I, I think he he was a little out of sorts dude because I mean if you saw his shot on 16 in his first round that he finished this morning he hit this big overdraw with a short iron into the water um, and that's just not like him usually he's pretty dialed so I think it's got to be something small to swing. I think it's definitely his club path. I don't want to get too technical here, but I think his club path's getting a little out of whack, and I think he's actually getting maybe a little too far inside out because he does hit that little push, but he aims left of the flag and hits it dead at it. So he's used to hitting that little push when he's trying to either fade it or hit it straight. And I think he's just getting a little too inside out to either where he's hitting too big of a push or he's hitting an overhook. So something in that um, area, but yeah, dude, he, uh, he went crazy in the second round. And like you said, he missed so many putts and I don't know how closely did you watch Louis Oosthuizen because he did the same thing, dude. He's missed so many putts and it's so frustrating because it just looks like Louis doesn't give a shit. Like, like there's, I know there's a certain level of like not care. It's not not caring, 
but being okay with missing cuts. Louie just like seems like he's disinterested and he's so talented. It's unbelievable. But he, I mean, he caught a bunch of shit from Gary player a few years back because he's a fellow South African. And he said, if Louis Uste has actually practiced and, and tried to, to be a top 10 guy in the world, he talent wise, he's right up there with Rory, all those guys in ball striking DJ John Rahm, but he just doesn't care. He lives on this gigantic farm in South Africa and hits balls into the field and runs his tractor and just doesn't give a shit. So it's kind of frustrating watching Louie because he doesn't, I mean, it's good to not get angry, but he doesn't show any emotion. It's like, he doesn't even care. And right. I, I would, I would like to see him win, especially after Bubba screwed him out of a, a green jacket and I just can't stand Bubba. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bubba Watson, one of my picks, we'll just leave him alone. He made a few eagles today, but also his janky-ass putting stroke. He had like his – he missed an eagle putt on 15. He is putting with his front foot, so his it's going to be his right foot. He's putting with the heel off the ground, so he's like putting all his weight in his right – the right ball of his foot. Now, I, I have no idea what he's doing, but he just – he. Just washed one, just left it wide open and missed like a six footer for or for eagle. Watching him putt is definitely not for the faint of heart. It is if you and watched you should, him you just take putt, anything away from it. <laughs> if you yeah, if you watched him just putt, you could find any ten to twenty handicap on any putting green that's got a better stroke than that. It really is like atrocious to watch. It makes me sick. Yeah, well, let's talk about another guy that's in the lead. Uh, been here before won a lot of tournaments before Justin Thomas. He had an up and up and down day as well. He was, he kind of, there's, there's been like these flows, these like roller coasters during this masters of where you think a guy's just going to run away with it. And Justin Thomas is another one of those dudes that um, he, he, there's no Dustin Johnson's in a tier pretty much by himself with like prime tiger, where if he runs away with it, but Justin's Justin's like right there. Yeah. and he bogeyed. He he had two bogeys in his first four holes on the second round today, and kind of he found himself at four under. And all of a sudden, he he birdies 15, 16, 17, 18, and turns at eight, and he's tied for the lead. Yeah. And then he goes to one and makes an absolute mess out of one. Hits a tree, goes way back right, hits it over the green, chips it back over the hole, makes double. You're thinking he's out of it. He comes back and birdies two, and then birdies eight eight and nine and he's sitting there at top of the lead at nine under. So yeah, he hits it really good. He hits a a solid draw. He's a drawer of the ball. Um, And when he gets, it's just, I mean, it's repetitive, but when he make makes putts, he's really tough to beat. And I, uh, I just like his demeanor. He's laughing. I don't know if you saw, but, and it's, it's hilarious too. Cause on 16, he thought he's aced it both days and he hasn't even been close. Like he was grabbing um, whose caddy was it? They were w- walking. Cause you know, he on, on uh, Thursday, that pin was like front, right or front middle. And so you can land it long and right and suck it back. And he landed it there and he starts walking and is it's creeping closer because he has no depth perception. It's like five feet short of the hole. So it's not even close to going in, but he walks up and like grabs one of the, his playing partner's caddies like he's bracing for a hole in one and then he said the same thing in his post <clears throat> interview for round two he's like i thought i made it again and it was and, and then as he's watching he goes oh that wasn't even close so i saw that exact same thing yeah <laughs> that was like- that was hilarious but he's just a good fun dude he he doesn't take himself too seriously but he's super competitive and you, you just respect that he's one of those guys that'll 
really like will him. I I would I would say he forces the envelope a little bit. He doesn't just sit back and let it come to him. He pushes it. Yeah, well, let's talk about that hole 16. That's an electric factory. Bolt, like I know when they're going to put the pin where they will on Sunday. Yeah. The blast because and t- and today, I mean, even Nick Faldo was talking about it. He's like, you land that thing at two o'clock of the hole, 10, 20 feet, you're giving it a shot to go in every yeah. single time. It's almost like going at the hole gives you less of an advantage. Like Dustin and Rory both flagged the shit out of it and they both made bogey or I mean made par, excuse me. And then they were playing with Patrick Cantlay, who had about the most silent 66 I've ever seen because he was playing with those two. Yeah. Grinding away, just playing his golf, and and he hit it outright, and it, he only had a foot. He ended up making two. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is is if you land it to the right, you risk the ball not coming back towards the hole. I mean, it generally will, but you risk it sucking straight back off the front, kind of towards the front of the green, which makes for a, a huge swing in right to left putt. But like Justin Rose today, I don't know if you saw him on uh, 16, but he like hated it. He thought it was in the water. I don't It looked like he thought it was in the water. And uh, it ended up being like 10 feet left pin high. Uh, and he made birdie. I mean, that actually putting from that left side of the hole is the best spot to putt from but you don't have a chance at making it if you hit it up out, out to the left. You only can possibly make a hole-in-one if you hit it a little long and a little to the right. So, yeah, that's that's always such a fun hole. But I will say for a professional golfer, that hole is pretty damn easy. And I it might not look like it on TV, but a lot of those guys don't even see the water there. They, I mean, if they hit it in the water, it's just because they hit a bad shot. It's not because – they're intimidated, but all those guys out on tour are so far past worrying about hitting it in the water. You know, they're not like, oh, my God, there's water there, and they bail it out to the right. But it's it's almost like, you know, we've played Pradera, a lot of the courses around here with these big bowl greens where everything kind of works in, in towards certain flags, and that Sunday pin they're going to have, it even if you land it, I mean, there's only like a yard to the left, but if you land it left, it kicks right. And if you land it out to the right, it's going to come down to the left. So it kind of does bowl right in there. And if you get it, if you hit your number, then it's pretty damn easy. And especially playing, I mean, what it'll play probably 180 when it's in the back uh, come Sunday or um, kind of back middle-ish. But it'll probably play 175, 180. And that's a lot of guys are hitting eight iron, maybe seven iron. And that's going to be mostly birdies for – for tour pros from that distance with that kind of green. So, yeah, well, that's one of those holes. And I think uh, I sent Allie the video. Um, (laughs) Rory in his his opening round was very relatable. I think. uh, Oh yeah. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) On to 16. That's so bad. He's just cannot believe his follow through now. Is Ali's audio messed up, or am I the only one that can't hear it? On the yeah, I can hear it. That's so bad. So bad. This is <laughs> just everybody's been there before. That's like, no, tr- that's just so perfect for how like all of us feel when we hit shots. Like I say that more than once around. Those guys usually say it like that many, you know, once or twice. But just oh, yeah. so relatable with like hearing stuff like that because. He came out, he shit himself basically the whole rest of the first round. And then he goes in the second round, shoots 66. And you're like, 
what? Like this is the same day, same yeah, day. Exactly. Same exactly. Same clothes on the same golf course. Well, when he said, he said in between rounds, he hit five, nine irons and one three wood. And he was like, that just turned it around. <laughs> and I, I think he kind of knows it's bullshit, but that just goes to show you it. You can actually feel like you're striking the ball relatively well or hitting it well and putting decent, but just not making anything. And that's the difference between a, a 75 and a 66, you know, that's, it's very doable or 73 and a 66, whatever. But it, I guarantee you there wasn't that many things throughout his round that went that different from round one to round two, just a few putts fell for him. Um, but he did, he did hit it really good in round two. So, yeah. Well, and let's talk about the inevitable. Um, we may not have to talk about him after tomorrow. Unless oh baby. Makes, unless he makes a couple birdies coming in. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, he actually got one of the biggest shafts I've ever seen on the golf course. <laughs> Um, yeah, he did get hosed, and I even bigger that. Than I was his... like, the dude's a tool, but that's still – I don't care. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy because no. it's happened to everybody, and that shit sucks. I hate that. Well, why don't you tell everybody what happens? If well, so he – what was it, hole number four? Number three. three. Four, number, yeah. th- number three, I think. Um, he hit a drive. He's trying to drive number three, which is stupid to begin with um, because even on his second ball, he ended up making – did he make bogey? He made bogey on his second ball and it yeah, landed almost in the exact same spot as his first ball. Um, but he ended up making seven there, but he hit it about tw- 10 yards, 15 yards left of the fairway. And the ball must have been embedded. I mean, cause the rough is not that thick. It's not us open thick, so, but they couldn't find it. And uh, I, uh, everybody's been there. It's one of the worst feelings ever. You're like, I know the ball is right here. How can I not find it? Yeah, and, and especially being on tour, and that's just kind of something that's funny with no spectators because you would never see that um, with spectators. Everybody would be like, oh, it's right there, it's right there, you know, like it embedded. And he was trying to coax the um, the uh, rules official into giving him like a, an embedded ball ruling. And I was like, don't you do it. Don't you – don't give in to Bryson. I thought he was about to pop his top. And he's like, oh, just give me – can I get a ride back? And I – I thought that was pretty pretty big of him. I think he might be growing up a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Quick story. I had that happen to me in a qualifier um, when I was in high school for the Optimus Junior World Championships. I was on my second hole, and I hit a layup shot on a par five. And I knew it was, like, just in the left edge of the fairway or right in the first cut. Couldn't find it, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. And I was so pissed off. I was like, here we go. Second hole, you know, already this shit. And so I turn around and I almost step on it. It's in a divot about that deep. I couldn't see any part of the ball above the ground. And all the guys are already walking up towards the green. And I'm like, well, shit, I'll hit it. And I end up gouging it out with, I think, like a gap wedge and hitting it to like two inches. I almost made it. Oh, so, my, that's awesome. Yeah, that was that was electric. I think one of my favorite parts about that whole, just because you can see it building with him, he's freaking out, he's talking to the real official, talking all fast. But then his he's saying, like, his caddy's like, you want me to stay here? He's like, yeah, just stay here and watch it. And, and then the caddy goes, his caddy was like, well, yell if it goes left. <laughs> I remember, I heard that, and I was like, that's the most relatable shit ever. Yeah, and then he hits it, and he goes, it's right in the same spot. <laughs> Yeah, everybody's back on the tee. Like oh Pat, Patrick God, Reed and everybody is just I, like, it's going that away. So I, just, I 
I couldn't breathe, dude, because he was like that. Because you you know when you do that, like you go back. That's one of the most embarrassing things in a tournament of golf when you got to hop back on a cart and drive back to the tee, hit another one. The other group's probably already there waiting on you. And then hold you, the group, yeah. Watch the, going back and having to hold the group up behind you, there is yeah, nothing and then, worse. And then you like hit it in the exact same spot, and you're like, oh, my God, here we go. <laughs> I guarantee you all the dudes standing on the tee were like, oh, yeah, let's see him pump another one left. Just because he's got – he came out with such a big ego this week. And otherwise, I, I wouldn't be really talking shit about him. But when you say Augusta's a par 67, he's like 15 over this week then because he's uh, he's getting eaten up. And imagine if the greens were firm. I mean, he, oh, this is the only time you can really bomb it out there because the greens are soft enough. But if the greens are firm, you have no chance getting that close to greens and making birdies. Like, and yeah. I, I called it before this shit even started. I mean, I'm not Nostradamus or anything, but I knew this shit was coming. Yeah, well, and he started out the tournament the first day on Thursday. He had like six feet for birdie on the first hole, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And he missed it. And then today, dude, he on eight, no one hit it. He was the only dude to hit eight all day. The only guy to hit it in two. Tiger actually got dangerously close. Um, but they were talking about how, oh, yeah, Bryson will get there. He's only had six iron in his hand, whatever. He had four iron. Hits it to, like, six feet and then misses it. And it was like, oh, dude. He's like, you cannot you cannot just hit the ball well here. That's what's great about it. And you see even these, like, a lot of these approach shots, these guys have, like, 130, 140, which is money from these guys distance-wise. And they're still not hitting it close enough to even, A, make birdie, B, yeah. sometimes they're three-putting, and C, they're missing the green sometimes because some of the sight lines that are, are just so tough here, and that's something that is doesn't get talked about much because it's kind of deep golf-level thinking, but when you're looking at a green and you can't really see where to land it or you can't feel comfortable, like feeling comfortable over a shot's half the battle. And Absolutely. 90% of the shots out there, there's just no comfortability whatsoever when you're, when you're trying to hit a golf shot. Yeah, there is nothing worse for me personally than um... – not being able to see the putting surface when I'm hitting an approach shot, even, I mean, unless you've played the course a bunch, but some of these first time guys, like you're just leaning on a number and you're just trying to hit that number. And you, a lot of guys don't even know where it ends up. And that's a tough thing with Augusta. Like you said, there's a lot of blind shots and there's no crowd. So guys could probably like on 18, they, on that pin, they could have hold it out and would have never known. Oh yeah. They couldn't see the flag. And a lot of guys stuffed it and had no clue. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a weird year for that. But I I think that experience definitely comes into play there for sure. Oh, yeah. And, well, and that's why it's so cool to see Abe Answer, a guy that's only – and Cam Smith's only played in one Masters. Abe Answer's played in zero Masters. And then you've got, you know, Justin Thomas, who's won. And you've got other guys at the top. So, all right, let's go through before we finish up. Let's go through – I'll give you a – since your picks suck, I'll give <laughs> – I'll give they well, do. with just let's go with just like I'll I'll pick a guy for, or you pick a guy from each of the we'll go from everybody that's five under through nine under. Okay. So, all right, you're most likely to win out of Answer Smith, Justin Thomas, D- Dustin Johnson. Uh DJ. I get DJ. Yeah. All right. Out of the guys that are at eight, you got Patrick Cantlay, M, Matsuyama, and John Rom. Um, I'll go Cantlay. I think he's he's sneaky. He's gonna be there come Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he had a, John Rom had a great round, and well, the thing about John Rom is, depending upon what time we wake up tomorrow, um, he could be in the lead by himself 
because he's only through 12. So he's got um, third, uh, f- five more holes, six more holes left. He's got six more holes left, um, including, and he started on, let's see, he started on the front. So he's got 13 and 15, two very birdieable par fives that he could, we could wake up and he could be at, at 10 under and, and be the solo leader going into, into the weekend. Quote yeah. Unquote. Yeah. I could definitely see that happening. I, I know. Uh, so let's go. So eight under. So real quick, my boy, my boy, Paul Casey, little struggles today. He was the last for the record. He was the last player in the field to make a bogey. So pretty hype about that. He did make two of those today, but then I thought it was interesting on 12 cause he was playing with John Rom that the tough little par three, he hit his tee shot and Rom did too, but Paul Casey didn't putt out. And yeah, Rahm, cause it was so dark. Yeah, so Paul Casey's going to have to go out tomorrow, and ha- he's going to have like eight feet to get to seven under, um, back to back to where he started the day. Yeah, but- and, and I think that's smart because you can replicate that putt. You know what it does, even down to like the degree of slope. You can replicate that putt on the putting green, on the practice green before your round. That's what a lot of guys did. There's a few guys that putted out that it didn't make any sense. Um, it, I think it was 11, Mark Leishman. Or no, it wasn't 11. It was... 13 i think mark leishman putted out he had like 40 or 50 feet for for eagle and i think he ended up three whacking um there's a few guys like or no was it god damn it i'm sorry was it 15 uh 15 it was 15 he hit it um like 40 feet short right of the pin and i think he three jacked it and i think matsuyama also hit after the horn and missed the green left and i think he ended up making par but at the same time i do get it because Imagine your first shot of the day being a 250 yard carry over a pond off the deck. You know, you're not feeling comfortable whatsoever. I'd lay that shit up hundred percent. There's no way I would be, even if I felt like I could get there, I'd be laying that up because that is just not a swing you want to have for your first swing of the day, especially with how challenging. And I mean, usually these guys have like long irons in, but they were having like hybrid three wood in. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be fucking with that. I, <laughs> yeah, no thanks. basically hitting just three woods on the range just so you don't top that first shot or hit it in the water. All right. Top, let's topping with, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever. <laughs> no, let's, let's go to the guys at seven. So this is a really interesting group. We've got a former Open champ and the guy you're talking about, Louis Oosthuizen. Louis. He's still got six holes left, so he could be up there by the end of that. By the end just of the gotta, second round, got to make some putts. Uh, you got a former Masters champ just coming off a of sixty-six, Danny Willett. He sucks. You got what? What'd you say? I said he sucks. He doesn't <laughs> suck, but he after he won the Masters, he literally fell off the face of the planet. I mean, nobody maybe really. He maybe nobody he just re- enjoyed it. Maybe yeah, nobody really knew who he was anyway. But uh, then he won the Masters and he really fell off. I think he actually won on the European tour this year for the first time since he won the masters. So he's, he's definitely, I mean, I, I could say he's in some recent form, but overall the last five years, he's, he's kind of seemed like a one hit wonder. So I don't, I don't foresee him sticking around. I could be wrong, but I, you I don't think see his masters win is whipped cream on a dog shit career. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> he hasn't had a dog shit career, but the, it was definitely the icing on top of the, the shit cake proverbially proverbial, okay cake um he's definitely one of those guys who kind of came out of nowhere and i i don't think he's gonna do a whole lot more in his career if you told me i could win the masters and never win anything else ever again i'd i'd take it yesterday so i'm not talking too much shit but 
words. So, okay, you got Willett, Fleetwood, Rose, C.T. Pan, and Louis Ustazen. Which one of those guys do you have as most likely to Most win? likely or who I want? Most likely. Like, your your gut of those guys, which one could – like, if one of them wins, which one's it going to be? I think it'll be Louis. I think he's hitting the ball really well, and he's uh, he's got the experience. I mean, he's finished runner-up there before, like we talked about. And I I think he's still in the mode of, like, he doesn't have one yet. And he, I, I hope he really wants one because I really want to see him get one. So I'm going to go with Louie. He's the best ball striker in that group. All right. And then we'll go last one. We'll go all the guys at T14, six under. Um, like I said, my guy, Paul Casey, could be at seven by the end of the – with one putt, essentially. Um, he's got a couple holes, six holes left. Pat, so you got Sebastian Munoz, Dylan Fratelli, uh, Patrick Reed, former Masters champ, Paul Casey, and then Xander Schauffele. Oh, I'll go Xander. I think uh, Xander's game is just really good. He hits it sneaky long. He's not a very big guy, and he hits it a long way. And he's just got that kind of pedigree. He's low-key been one of the probably five best players on tour these last two years. So I'm going to roll with Shoffley. I know um, your guy – I think Paul Casey's got a decent shot. He just has never done it before in a major, so I don't know if he's quite got the the stones for it, but – yeah, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Well, thank wait, you guys. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go. Let's go. Prediction on who's going to win. Who Final. wins? Yeah. Final prediction on who wins. We want all the credit if we're right, none of the blame if we're wrong. I'm going to go John Rom. God, I hate that. I don't. I just don't like that guy that much. I don't like but... the guy either, but I want to be right. <laughs> that's fair that's I don't fair care about the guy i'll go justin thomas i think he's got a real good attitude this week i think he can uh i think he'll be around come sunday afternoon i think he'll make it happen that's gonna be one thin ass green jacket it's gonna yeah, be man. it's gonna be made for a fucking 13 year old 130 pound kid but <laughs> that, justin was on the tip of my tongue so yeah that the and dj they're all right there but i'm i'm rolling justin do you want a friendly wager on this yeah, let's friendly wager it. We can discuss the terms off of off live. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, but real hey, real quick, guys, um, before we get off of here, you're watching the Masters. Go ahead and head on over to WGT and play in the DNVR Masters. Uh, the Misters. The Misters. We don't do. Misters. We don't. We don't roll with vowels at DNVR. We don't like vowels. Not big vowel guys or girls. Um, so roll over to WGT Masters, play in our tournament close to the hole at Pinehurst, number two. I played today, and I'm not saying that I'm that great, but I am in the lead currently. Um, I am in first place in, in the DNVR 3 Country Club. So head over to WGT, get in that DNVR Masters, um, and then send us a screenshot at, at DNVR Sports. There's a pinned tweet at the top of our Twitter account. Send us a screenshot. You don't even have to be good to win. Um just say oh, you yeah. participated. Participate. Send us a screenshot, and you could win some dope Denver Broncos gear. There's a lot of stuff we're giving out. So head over there and do that. Um, we'll talk to you guys probably Sunday at some point. We're going to set something up. And enjoy your enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Broncos beating the hell out of the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's see go. You tomorrow. Um, taking it to Stanford. I'm just saying that, hopefully. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Doubtful. But enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the Masters. This is a great golf tournament, the best one of the year. It's like the Golf Super Bowl. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.